We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. <laughs> I'm your host, David Cameo, and you're, we're joined by special guest Brian Castrillo, or Crest Castrillo, or however you want to be called, Either Brian. <laughs> and of course, Charity, aka Blazy Gardner, Survivor Tears members, <laughs> Jasmine.iec on Instagram. And for the first time, hello, actually, this is what I meant to ask you before we got on. How shall I refer to you? I don't, whatever you want to do. Whatever you I, I am a woman with many names, apparently. So, so we'll just call you Bridget. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Some people like their anonymity. Well, what do you, what do you want? Anyway, so we're here to you live right now on all streaming platforms, except for Instagram, because fuck that noise. <laughs> Demonetized. No, seriously, it's just a lot harder because now I have all the chat in the screen. You see the, we see the Twitch. Oh, so people are asking about the intro. That has been our intro for Fear the Walking Dead season six through season seven. Uh, unfortunately, it does need an update. Uh, I designed it myself. I designed the sound myself, too. I based it off of some of the promos. I kind of did a reverse sort of thing going on, and I did a little clock thing, and it's kind of cool. Like, unfortunately, the people that are with me right now on stream, I mean, Sharon D knows our intro, and Jasmine, I think, knows our intro. I think Brian maybe has seen our, has seen our Fear the Walking Dead intro. Mm -hmm. And I still haven't made the ringtone yet for it so, so uh, whatever um which is something i meant to put in the store for you know a pay what you want sort of thing but thank you for the compliments appreciate it um but hey we're here we're here to talk about madison right madison clark's return well we just had our interview with uh, christine evangelista i think it was just yesterday night check that out when you get a chance uh, it was really really fun to actually record with her she's a really really sweet and funny person wink wink <laughs> Uh, so, you know, Sharon D and Rachel did a bang up job asking the right questions. And so did Tom, actually. And a couple of really cool people like Cameron and, and fan art Lindy and Aiden. So it's really good to see you guys on. As you, as you can see, you can see you guys. You're in the chat on the screen right now. Hey, Loris. Hey, Blazy Gardner. <laughs> um, oh, Maxine's in Twitch. Hey, Jasmine. What's up? Okay. So the way I wanted to start this off first is by kind of going around the room Starting with Brian, uh, well, let's start with myself because uh, really, I kind of wanted to touch base on with everyone on what what they thought of Madison as a character prior to her departure. And we'll start with like maybe one th one through three impressions for those who have watched one through three. But um, me first. Uh, I happen to love the Madison character. I think her complexity was polarizing for a reason. Uh, I think it was a really good foil, in a sense, to the Rick Grimes character in a way where y you saw Rick Grimes come into the series as what appeared to be a Paragon character, like a kind of like hero protagonist. And then slowly you see the devolution of, of that character, it, catching up with the rest of humanity, kind of being an awful person, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> not really but like we all are infected we all are corrupted so when i see madison kind of come into the series in a, in, in a way that's she sort of is coming out of the gate as a flawed character in a sense i kind of like that i kind of like that she's polarizing i like that she's complicated so that was my impression of her and then I, the more the series went on the more i kind of even like identified with that like i saw the clarks as a family in this apocalypse that was just a regular dysfunctional family with extraordinary dysfunctions but you know jacked up for tv and so i kind of like that they kind of wandered into this universe and now what happens you know and they're and every person they meet in the series is kind of like this 
this larger than life character more or less and still kind of gray but like still like they're all wandering around these larger than life characters meeting up and befriending these larger than life characters but and yet there's still like a dysfunctional family in the apocalypse as i watched the series and by the time i reached season four i i noticed like she kind of had like kim dickens herself and the character like i noticed like similarities to her and my own mother you know, she's kind of complicated. She kind of looks a little bit like my mother in some ways. So I thought that was an interesting thing that I saw. And of course, I have built in biases. But Brian, I want to kind of turn it over to you to what you think of what you thought of Madison, you know, prior to the departure, what did you think of her character? How do you identify with her in any way? Or, or what was your take on the character? For me, Madison is in my top two characters all time on the show. Her, um, Daniel Salazar is probably my favorite character. But I really love Madison because of some of the things that you had mentioned, some of the flaws that she had as an individual. Um, I felt that she there was a lot of connection with her and Rick Grimes, as well as Daryl Dixon. There's a lot of Daryl Dixon moments, such as like, if you remember the time when um, Daryl ended up killing Dale, kind of put him out of his misery and kind of took the gun away from Rick. I see that as her. She's always willing to do the heavy lifting for the team, um, for the family, so to speak. Um, and I just always felt she was a great leader within the group. Now, a lot of her flaws as a whole, I mean, as a leader might be her family kind of gets in the way but that just shows how connected she is with her family and she'll put them before her i i've always connected with her mm. uh and let's start with the let's actually go to bridget right now um have you seen seasons one through three what do you think of madison then uh, how did you start um when it comes to fear of the walking dead um so i started watching fear when i first started airing mm, okay and um i watched I want to say through the first two seasons and then I like took a break from it for a little bit and then came back, I think right around season four, um, because Morgan was making the, the switch over. So, right. so I wanted to check that out. So I started watching and getting caught up and Madison's always been like a really complex character. She, she frustrates me sometimes like, cause her decision-making is, is so contingent on her family and, and their safety, but almost to like a, a ridiculous flaw. degree yeah. at moments. So, um, so I, I liked her. Oh, wait, we were talking about like, Rick or Madison. Is that... Madison. I'm just kidding. Or yeah. could just like shake her, you know, <laughs> like stop what you're doing. Like you're being ridiculous right now. Um, and especially when I got to the, the stuff at the ranch, that right. was when I really was like, Oh, Oh, come on. Um, Which is also so, kind of weird, but you mentioned the ranch. Uh, we're talking about Teotihuacan, Brokejaw. Well, it's funny how there are so many um, Erickson era fans who either really, 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 really love season three above all the f seasons one through three, or some of them are just like, nah, no B. Season two, that was it. It's like a really, really intense love, or like I could do without season three, which is kind of like Madison. I could really, I really, really like her or I really, I don't know if I like this much complication. So just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. So, so when yeah. you reach season four, Madison, what was, uh, cause obviously there is a bit of a shift in the character. So yeah. what did yeah, you, what did you think one. of that? A big one. Um, I thought like at the very beginning of season four, it's kind of still her same, you know, old self. But then it takes like a really swift maneuver over, um, where you're like, what is, what is happening? Like, why is this happening now? 
And then you're getting all these like flashbacks because that's how you're like seeing all of this stuff is, you know, from everybody's like memory perspective. Um, and it becomes this parallel to like Morgan's story, mm -hmm. which as much as I love Morgan, I think we can all kind of say that that story has kind of been done to death. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's the I hate Morgan club now. No, I'm kidding. Uh, welcome to the family. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move around to actually Jasmine. You Have you watched the first three seasons? I think you did, right? So I watched like the start of season one, got bored, gave up. Season two came out, watched the start, got bored, gave up. Mm -hmm. Watched the start of season three, got bored, gave up. Watched the start of season four, finally got into the show. Mm, which um, is... But then I did go back once I finished season six. I went back and forced myself through season one to three. And... Uh... Uh, what's the verdict? <laughs> or Madison or the show? Um, how about just Madison? That's probably just going to simplify things. So, with, without kind of repeating the same things that Bridget said, because um, I agree with a lot of what she said, is that I just found Madison to be arrogant and unwilling to listen to any other characters. Mm. And that kind of pissed me off. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like my mother. <laughs> listen, I'm yeah, used I to didn't, it. I didn't, I didn't enjoy her character whatsoever, not even in season four. Okay. I mean, okay. especially in season four, she was very arrogant in season four. Right, right. Uh, so Sharon D, similar to Jasmine, I think uh, it, it was that you would watched basically season one it's only six episodes um i haven't but... finished season one yet I'm oh still okay. oh you wanna i finished 105 i'm about i'm about 20 right. minutes into to 106 yeah so so let's start from your perspective in season four i mean obviously you didn't have enough time to get to know her and she's gone by by episode eight in season four mm -hmm. um but what had you thought of the character up until then i because actually and i like that perspective because there's always something to be said about coming into something with a fresh take without knowing too much backstory. Well, not only was was I brand new to Madison, but I was brand new to the Walking Dead universe overall. So, um, like, I, I was like, oh, like, she wants to help people. That's cool. I like the way this show is going. And you know, then they killed her off. But, I mean, to be fair, John and June is why I got into the show. So John and June were my, were my focus. Like, all the other characters were kind of ancillary. You know, I, I didn't really get into them as much. So, I mean, right. she she was just there. You know, she was, she was just a character that was in the show. I didn't really have any feelings one way or the other. Which does say something about... And, look, I even I have my criticisms of the shift in tone or... I don't know, storytelling when it comes to Fear of the Walking Dead by the time season four, four rolls around. And it's not like as though it ruins the experience for me, but of course it's a jarring for people who've been watching all along, like I did from the start. Uh, it is a jarring experience. And I think it, you know, it warrants being said, at least for the first time, but it never ruined my experience necessarily and didn't ruin Brian's experience, I don't think, right? Mm -mm. As, as, as much as we both grieved probably by the time <laughs> Madison left the show, because even that is emblematic of like the shift in tone is like Madison leaving the show is kind of like this weird what happened what happened to the show what happened to Madison why is she gone uh, why is this happening I wanted to also touch base on a conversation that will be released shortly and is already released on ko-fi.com slash squawking dead you folks <laughs> if if you if you like what you're hearing right now and you you know you feel like it 
you can head over to our website right now and tip us during the stream and your support will show right now live on the stream. We already have up my conversation with, and I'm finally revealing it to you. If you haven't been following on ko-fi.com slash squawking dead, I had a chat with Sarah Beth Pollock and we were only supposed to talk about the <laughs> walking dead season 11 a thus far, but we ended up touching on a bunch of things. Uh, namely, we even talked about the, sh- the shift in tone in fear the- between the first three seasons of fear the walking dead to season uh, fear the walking dead season four and we really we really dug in when it came to trying to make sense out of it at the time then realizing by the time season six rolls around because we were we were recording right around just right at the start of uh season seven episode one like right before then and um she had seen what they were trying to do right around right at the time when season four rolled around uh and as it was explained to her um by the creators uh, by the people she was talking to like michael satrazimus and I don't, I don't know that she got got a chance to sit down with uh chambliss and goldberg but like the other characters or the other actors rather and she had said you know oh wait this is something that you know we have to kind of take the long game with because the more time rolls on the more you just start to see what they're trying to do and and now br- bringing it but bringing us back to the subject of this conversation now with madison coming back how does that change the series right how does that it, it's almost as if this was planned and it was not madison return and actually I, i'm curious to know, think to know what you guys think maybe this could be the first question do you think madison's return was planned all along in light of chambliss and girl goldberg having said for the last three years at plus that she would never be coming back so i'm wondering what you guys think let's do this in order uh with jasmine actually do you think madison was always going to return no i think that they received a lot of pressure and i feel like it probably went over the heads of um ian and andrew and it was probably from above them they were like you need to bring back madison because that's what the fans are crying out for okay so what about you sharon (laughs) d thanks Um, david well I think maybe they're possibly worried about ratings after the main show's ending and fear is going to be kind of left out there on its own. And uh, maybe they felt like bringing Madison back would be a great way to boost the ratings and get people who had left the show to come back. Mm. Which, interestingly enough, it's not as if they left. Because <laughs> something we also talked about, Sarah Beth and I, it's there's they, they never left. They, they ended up hate watching the show until like season six rolled around because around the time that season six rolled around, it was like, oh, I think I like this. You know, so you got some of those people back. But no, to your point, I, I think there's a little of that going on. What about you, Brian? I'm going kind of clockwise <laughs> in the order that I see well, you I don't guys. Think from the beginning, it was probably planned because as you all know, there was different showrunners. So there was a change in that scenery. But I, I believe they left it ambiguous or open-ended. So that way, if they needed to, they can bring her back. And I, and I also agree with um, Jasmine. There was a bit of a, fa- you know, some fan pressure as well. But the fact that she was left open-ended gave them a chance to kind of throw a grenade in the story. Um, and Because when she comes back, she's going to be a ball of energy to the story. Not that anybody else isn't, but she's going to, I guess, shift the focus a little bit. And and like Sharon D was saying, um, with some of the fans that was, you know, had left, or if they left, um, this is going to bring back some more interest with, um, you know, the main show closing. But I, I don't think it was initially planned, but I left it was, I feel it was just open-ended. So right, they so they, opportunity. they saw an opportunity. Right, right. What about you, Bridget? Curious what you think. Um, yeah, it's kind of a little bit of both, right? Because Erickson um, had originally had all those plans, like for Madison's character, and the Clark family was supposed to live till season seven or whatever plans he had had. 
Um, and then when those, you know, when the new showrunners came in and they decided to go the direction that they went, um, which I am a fan of, by the way, I, I do like the newer seasons. Um, and John and June were a big part of that because some of those storylines were not great, but John and June was like super strong. Fair assessment. I mean, there are many, there are many that feel that way too, especially people who really, really like The Walking Dead. They kind of watched the first three seasons or they tried to. <laughs> And uh, they were like, eh, not for me. But when season four rolled around, maybe it was Morgan coming to the show. Maybe it was a shift in tone to be more, a little bit more like The Walking Dead in a sense of these somewhat larger than life characters, you know, whereas The Walking Dead had the samurai and the sheriff. On The Walking Dead, you had the June and <laughs> and the John Dory, the gunslinger and uh, the, gunslinger the reporter. Gunslinger and the karate man. I, right, Exactly. <laughs> And I, I think you've you've previously described some of the the season four characters, like season four plus characters, as more like comic book characters. And yeah. obviously, our show actually, like the main show, actually has comic book characters brought to life. Right. So the people that are enjoy The Walking Dead are going to enjoy the idea of having these characters that are similar to comic book characters. Right. And what's interesting about Ian and Andrew themselves, for those of you who don't know, uh, they were the showrunners for Once Upon a Time. So it's not strange to see how they saw what was great about The Walking Dead and wanted to take some of those elements and import them into the show. And, and, and again, I will bring up and I will admit that it is a jarring transition, 100%. It, but it's kind of like life, right? Life throws you a, a hurdle. And what you can do from that point is say, no, thank you. <laughs> or, you know, you can work through the problem. <laughs> And I decided to work through the problem. And I think many of you have. Uh, many of you kind of only started from season four. But it's just a matter of seeing value at that point, right? It's, it's a matter of seeing, well, do it may not be what I was used to. And I did like the old the seasons one through three for what they were. But, you know, do I like what this is now? And I did. So I, and then, and then they took Madison away from us. And then I was like, I don't know what to think anymore. And I actually said this, I, I think I sort of said this at the time. I said, I don't know what to think anymore. Because at first they told us to swallow this storyline. <laughs> and then they completely took the matriarchy at the, the matriarch out of the question, out of, sorry, out of the equation. And so I was devastated i was i was so devastated but in that devastation i kind of said they must know what they're doing <laughs> so to answer the original question do i think they originally intended for her to come back i actually don't think they did i think they must have thought at some point or they must have written a loose story storyline where what if madison would could return could return because i think at that point they were like nah i this is this is for a reason and maybe that reason and we could discuss this at some point if, if we want to maybe that reason is to elevate the alicia character and then they didn't do that anyway <laughs> so <laughs> But, it, but it's kind of like I was saying with Sarah Beth, um, that clearly at this point, we're in season seven, clearly all of this, four, five, six, all of this was building to this end point. Because you can't watch se seasons four through six and, you know, uh, at the time and, and say, oh, well, at the time, I'm kind of iffy on these storylines a bit. You know, I like the individual stories. I like the individual episodes. But as an arc... There's something off about it. But when you get to the end of season six, you're like, okay, I'm looking back now and seeing that all the stuff has relevance. Like everything we've seen thus far has relevance. And now that we're in season seven and we're starting to see these characteristics, like people falling back to their old characteristics and then yet not, right? So you have Strand being extra, kind of like he was before the apocalypse, let's say. But this whole new level of Strand, right? Strand, be Strand being super Strand five at this point, you know? And then Morgan being 
somewhat of his old character, but trying to make up for his old mistakes on The Walking Dead, like not killing Jenny, and yet now being ready to fire. Like like when he was pulling away at the Pinto, he is the first to fire into that the back of that hatch. You know, to as as this was uh, episode two, I think it was of season seven, and he's like not hesitating this time. So you're seeing them overcome these things, but it's not all great. Now, now when you hear Madison comes back, how does that look? Is she going to be the same character she was in seasons one through three? Right. I see you already shaking your head, Brian. Nope. And that's kind of like a little bit of what I wanted to focus on next, because something that we also say on the show is you may not get what you want, but you <laughs> like what you you may you'll like what you get. And that's that's kind of what I wanted to focus on. But Brian, so how, how do you think they may fold in Madison in light of, let's say, Alicia having this problem? of possibly dying, let's say. Uh, and in light of what I just said about the characters kind of being their old selves, but kind of being extra overcoming their old foibles, let's say. Well, the first thing I'll mention is that I, I do believe the decision by Frank Delaney kind of created the shift or forced this shift to happen. And I agree and he, with that 100%. He was a, a loved character, almost to the sense of Daryl Dixon on The Walking Dead. But now you have Madison Clark, who if, I mean, parents don't have favorites, but clearly Nick was her favorite. Um, and she tried to go all out to help him because of his drug addiction and everything else that was going wrong in his life so she had sort of a, a mother bear like grip on him where she didn't want to let him go but now she's coming into a situation where she has no idea that Nick's dead at least yet that we know of and then you have her only daughter who is sick and got bitten she doesn't know what's going on with her um and she may lose her so now you're gonna see madison who is gonna go into uh, in my opinion ex extreme mother bear protection mode for her only child and she may be probably a little bit more aggressive than the madison that we that we did that we did know and i i think she may i don't want to say she's going to be a villainous at least well maybe to strand she will be but that's just my, my that's something i still want to touch on too uh, anybody else have anything to say to that like in response to that feel free free jump in the water's fine <laughs> well i think um i think the most interesting thing to come out of this would be madison's reaction to strand now and how he's reacting after promising her that he was going to take care of her kids like if she wasn't around and you know nick is now gone and alicia is crazy <laughs> so like mm. <laughs> so, you know she's like not okay right now and and now she's like so angry at strand and he is so convinced in pushing her away that it's created this like potential you know war thing that's gonna go on so i think it'll be really interesting for her to come in and get caught up and be like what happened to this relationship right hmm I was actually reacting to the chat a little bit. Kind of, I kind of want to tie all of that into what the chat's saying right now about Charlie and uh, headbutting happening soon. To Theresa, uh, what is that? Oh, Karanza says I really hope they don't get another Ophelia moment where it'd be much a missed opportunity. So a lot of so to Loris's point, he says uh, season one through three, Madison was building up to a vil vil villainous Madison, according to Dave Erickson. I'm almost thinking that Alicia's taking on that role in a sense. We're going to war, you know that that whole thing, right? I can't get over that that line. But what does it look like to see Madison come back? And I so I want to tie this into Charlie a little bit too. The season four Madison I saw was a Madison who was kind of almost just in this little microcosm of her and Charlie, almost making up for what she didn't do with Alicia. Alicia's grown up, you know? It, it's true that she poured all of her attention into Nick, who is kind of deficient 
in, in some respects, like emotionally and developmentally, right? Nick needed most of the help while kind of ignoring Alicia, let's say, right? At the expense of Alicia's development and growth. Even though Madison kind of explains at some point that I always knew that you could take care of yourself. You always kind of had this leader quality, etc. right? But then I saw her relationship with Charlie as a way of sort of redoing what she didn't do with Alicia, with Charlie. Like, it's got to work this time. You know, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to let what I didn't do what happened to you happen to Charlie. You know, I'm not going to let that happen again. So I'm doing it with Charlie. Got to build this home for her. I got to, you know, because I can't do that with you. You're all grown up. Okay, let's say she comes back. Alicia's in trouble. And how does she react to her friend, Victor? How does Victor react to Madison coming back? You know, and, and what has Madison been doing all this time? Where was she during the fallout? Right? So there's a lot of bones in the in the stew right now that we just kind of have to you know, a lot of obstacles. I'm just, I kind of want to shift it over to Sharon D actually too. So when you hear that somebody like Madison is returning and this is intentional, I'm pointing it to you intentionally because we all kind of think this, cause I know what you're going to say, but what does that, what, it, what the, what's the first thought that comes into your mind? Like what, what is the concern? Let's say. <laughs> Why would you ask me this? Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I don't really have... Uh, okay. I don't care about Madison either way. She's just, she's just a character. I don't know her well. You know, like, perhaps if things had shaken out differently when I, I came into the fandom, maybe I would care more. But the fact is, I have been pressured by some people to the point that I don't care about Madison. So it's the it, fans you hate, not the band. <laughs> But I don't, I don't care about, I don't, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't care. I don't care about Madison either way. She was never a character that, that I connected with or, or gave a crap about in <laughs> any sense until I started getting pressured by other people. Right. So, Let's hone in I, you know, on that a little bit more. Not, not necessarily. I told you, I didn't, I told you I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, get into the beehive. You well, not necessarily so, okay. your experience, because I, I, I experienced what you experienced, too. And I think, Brian, you, to a certain extent, have also dealt with that, that fan base as well. Absolutely. As much as you agree with them, in some senses. Uh, I don't it, agree with can, them 100%, but... Right. But they can be a little rowdy. <laughs> I mean, I, I experienced that not only in here, but in the Star Wars fandom, as well as Marvel, <laughs> but it's... And The Walking Dead, but it, it just some people are a little bit cuckoo, I guess. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that as like a mean way, but some people take it too serious where they, right, you can't have a dialogue with them anymore. Right, right, and everybody, look, everybody's entitled to their favorites. I, I get that. I mean, I have my favorite, but I love the I. I cherish story above all. That's and that's kind of what I want to hone in on: the story versus the fans. Yes. Right. So. When it comes, so, and that's unfortunate too, Madison, uh, Madison, I just call you Madison Charity. It's unfortunate, Charity. <laughs> I'm about to leave this, this about to leave this stream right now. <laughs> it's unfortunate, Sharon, because like the first thing you said when I mentioned what you thought of Madison when you first saw her, it's like, oh, she's kind of cool. She's kind of helping people. Complicated, but helping people. I mean, you didn't get to see her, all the iterations of how complicated mm -hmm. she is, but you saw her, oh, she's helping people. She wants to help people. Par for the course of Fear the Walking Dead. We, they all want to make up for something. They all want to see what they can do in this apocalypse, right? But to your point, that you came in the way you did and have this particular impression from your point of view. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because when you when you feel a certain way about certain characters because of the way you came into the series, it's kind of 
unfair uh, to get the kind of hate your way from people, you know, who, of course, the kernel of the opinion has legs. But when you run into brick walls all the time, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice as a fan. And when you're trying to steer other fans away from a show, you know, so like you, Sharon D, when when somebody kind of just says, oh, you're you, you like June and to hate Madison. It's like, well, I don't hate Madison, but you're making me. <laughs> so it doesn't That's help. Matter. Exactly. That's exactly it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like I could have formed a completely different opinion on Madison, but like even even the pressure from I'm going to call them the season one through three years that that people keep pressuring me to <laughs> go back Erickson and watch Knights. this, even though I've said it several times. Like you know, I've tried, I tried, it just didn't click with me. And everybody's like, "Oh, you got to wait." I don't. You're making me not want to even more. <laughs> so just you know, that's a lot. Stop. Like- I'll watch it eventually. I'm working on it. That's a lot like when we were pressuring, <laughs> we were pressuring Rachel to watch Game of Thrones. Excellent show. <laughs> to a kind degree, right? We were like, yeah, you'll really but like Game it, Rachel. Of, Game of Thrones deserves to have Game of Thrones deserve you deserve to be pressured into watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> but we pressured out of we didn't bully you. We didn't bully her into watching it. So right. it's different. Right. It's different, you know. Uh, so but yeah, I mean, I I could have I could have I could like Madison. I don't know. I like I like the badass ladies. Maybe she'll come back and be someone that I'll be totally into. I don't know. Oh my know. god. But if people keep bullying me about her, it's it's not going to happen. You know, and that by the way, knowing that you like the badass ladies, knowing you like uh what was it Cherry's line? Uh asshole. Uh what was it? What was um, the asshole? Um thanks. Uh, enjoy the view, asshole. Yeah. Right. <laughs> knowing that enjoy you know that. I, I actually really do think you would appreciate her character. It's funny. I, but to your point, to your point, if if the fans make it almost, almost impossible, it's it's hard. It's hard to kind of come around on that. But I, I think the way, and this is my opinion, at least, uh, on how they're going to roll out this Madison, it's not at all going to be like we expect it to. Too much time has passed. <laughs> A nuclear bomb fell. Uh, and there's no telling where she's been all this time, which is why I think you, Sharon will appreciate this Madison more because you got to see this. I'm trying to help people, Madison. I'm trying to make changes, life changes as a result of seasons one through three and beyond like my past. So when you see this Madison, it's going to be kind of fresh and new and, and you gotta, you kind of have this like tabula rasa where you can judge her, uh, without all the baggage in a sense, kind of like walking into a universe and seeing John and June for the first time being like, this is cool. I think I'll watch this. Mm-hmm. So I can I can see that happening for you. Uh, whereas I don't know if Rachel, I'll have high hopes for Rachel <laughs> in, a, in a sense, because she has all that baggage. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this this is for Rachel. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get one gotcha. of those in there. The eye rolls. <laughs> Let me give context to Rachel because she's not here. Rachel had never liked uh, Madison. I have to be fair in, in saying that I think many people do have that opinion. Even people who really, really loved one through three more than anything else. Some of them even will go, yeah, Madison, side eye. Yeah. So, you know, and, and you know, they'll watch it for for a character like like Nick or Daniel Salazar. Yeah. Many hardcore Salazar fr- fans. Well, let's see, Bridget, what do you think? How does that make you feel to see that Madison is returning? I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Um, I want her to come back and add depth to the story and and um, 
and help like steer Alicia back on, you know, to the correct path. If Strand has to die, maybe it has to be by Madison's hand. I'm not really sure, but um, I'm I'm hopeful, but I'm, I'm going to leave it at that because I don't know which version of Madison will come back. Right, right. And and I, I don't know how everyone else feels about this, but there's no keeping Madison from her kids. I mean, Nick had to, to like physically stop her from going after Alicia when Alicia left. So I don't know. Is there like a CRM aspect to this? Like some may say, just saying, Brian, Brian, <laughs> what do you think about that? Because you've had many theories on the subject of Madison and, and the CRM one has been a common theory. Where, where do you think Madison's been all this time? My hope for Madison. <laughs> Sorry. A lot. My personal hope is that um, Crazy Dog and Walker turned around at some point and actually found her and at the last moment saved her while the family was going away. They just didn't happen to see that. And then... You know, I see why you'd say personally though, because it's it's a it's a rough one. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but what do you, what do you actually think, or what do you what do you what are you leaning towards? I, the CRM, I, I mean, clearly the CRM has a lot of connections throughout the entire um, United States. I mean, when you looked at the map on the World Beyond, you saw the different um, you know colonies or not colonies, but um, I guess camps that they had all throughout the United States. So mm. there's a very good chance that they could have met Madison, possibly saved her. Um, and who knows, maybe Isabel even saved her that we don't know about. True, so true that. I could see the CRM, you know, get taking her, or but I don't know if Madison is the type of person who would accept that. But then again, I don't think Rick Grimes would either. And I uh, yeah. Parallel. Maybe they both, just like Rick, she didn't have much of a choice. It's very possible. What are your thoughts on this so far, Jasmine? So I am quite, like, even though I don't like Madison, I'm willing to give them a chance and, like, see what happens and see if they improve their character. But one big thing that I am actually really concerned about is at the moment we've seen especially with the bottle episodes like characters just getting less and less screen time so i feel like bringing in madison at this stage is just going to narrow down like our kind of characters screen time like june um you know john dory senior morgan uh, Sarah, wendell like <laughs> At the moment, Lucy, it's very who already Morgan, doesn't have any screen time. Morgan and Strand, and I don't want it to become Morgan, Strand, and Madison, and nobody else getting any screen time. Right, right. True that, true that. And that's kind of the big concern. That's right. No, I, I think I think all of us, I think all of us here, and I think even many people would kind of agree, the number one concern about Madison returning is her chewing the screen up. Uh, and putting certain characters, like you said, uh, Sharon D, like Luciana, even further back in the uh, the chorus, as it were, than she already is. I think. I mean, you could see moments where they try to kind of give her the focus. Let's say in season six and season seven, but it just I mean, wasn't when, enough. When was the last time we saw Manny, uh, Annie, Max, and Dylan, and you know some of the some of the other more minor characters? They literally haven't had any screen time. I think that's a <laughs> Hashtag bring back Tess. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah. When she mentioned the kids, I think that's a flaw in the writing. Not so much um, a character taking away screen time because they introduced, yeah. I mean, that wasn't my, one of my favorite seasons, but they introduced this group of kids and then they just weren't there anymore. And then that's it. No yeah. no explanation, no speak, no one talks about them. Similar to like Luke on The Walking Dead. Like, where are Yeah, where are yeah, it's a good point. I, and I'm actually more leaning in that direction. And it bears mentioning that a lot of it is due to COVID. I think we've talked about this on the show during season six. They've had to completely change the way they focused on characters, anthology series, but also the way they film because they didn't really know what to expect. I mean, they were, they were always going to do the anthology series and maybe bring in the kids probably during all of this, their, their planning. But I think with COVID restrictions, them losing money because of not because of shutting down and 
they really, I think it really did change the way they had to do things. Now, of course, could they have written in at least an explanation somewhere along the way? And I think they had tried to do that, right? At some point, I feel like we got a hint of maybe where they were, but then no, they haven't said anything. Right, they but haven't then, mentioned them since season six. And even if they did, once the bombs dropped, it's like out the window. We have no idea where Samuels is. <laughs> Ranger Samuels. Uh, she was with Victor at the sort of... Where, well, yeah. where are all the office people? Where are right. all the people from the office that, that came back with Al and Dwight? We have to assume that they're alive because Wendell is alive. I I honestly don't know what to think. I ha- actually have thought of this for a little while. And d- despite my more optimistic impulses, I'm Mr. Doom and Gloom on this one. I mean, I'm- if, if they are dead, they could have at least give the justification of like just watching like a bomb drop on a bunch of people and then we can be like, oh, they're dead. But no, they didn't even give us like any like reason. Mention the them. They are you know, staying I, I, in the caverns. I kind of like what Loris is saying they- right now. Matt Madison saved the kids, and actually, I, I I would be okay with that. I actually think that's a really yeah. great, th- which and it's ironic too. Madison would, saving the kids. Be, that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could feel her doing that with Charlie. It, it kind of makes sense. Like I wasn't there for my other kid. Let me be there for all the kids. You know, so I, I kind of like that. She saves Tess and the kids, and, and Ranger Samuels is kind of like, well, what about me? No, bitch, die. So. <laughs> Like, I like Samuels. Great character, but still underdeveloped and whatever. But uh, so I was saying, but despite my my darkest, my most bright impulses, I I do have little hope for, for those characters. I mean, we have to all kind of agree, though we don't want to, that when a nuclear bomb goes off, it's almost unreasonable to think all these characters made it out alive. Do you know what I mean? As much as it is a show and, you know, oh, everybody gets lucky somehow... Somebody, there's got to be some sacrifices, and there may be a possibility that we don't know, or we'll never know what happened to them. And maybe just like Madison, they could pop up, and we could get a story out of that, and they could be a Tales of the Walking Dead story that we can spin out of that. But I kind of want to get your takes on that. Like, what, like, I know what we want to have happen (laughs) with certain characters, but what do you really think, or what do you think they're going to do with these characters, with these kids, let's say, for starters? And then we'll move our way up to Luciana, because... The kids are, are, are a big question. I, 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 You can't just bring somebody in and not follow up. Like, do you think that they will come back? Let's start with that. Do you think the kids will come back somehow? Uh, let's start with Bridget. I, I mean, I don't I don't know that they will. I, not, I mean, I don't think this season at all. Um, wow. Hopefully with rolling back, you know, COVID regulations and stuff, maybe, maybe the next season they can kind of return to the way that the format was prior to the, like, constant bottle episodes. Ensemble, yeah. So, yeah, so maybe then, but I don't, I don't foresee it happening, like, in this year. Right. Anybody else have any thoughts on the kids? What might be? I feel like they're going to be left in the, in the dust, so to speak, unless they're used as a sort of a villainous arc where they do something to the kids to show, you know, a villainous point of view. Mm. But I, I don't, I don't see them coming back. I want, I want some kind of answer where they are, even just a mention. Right. Same. I think we all feel that way. There was too much of that season focus on them to not say anything. Loris also has another point. Fear is a history of disappearing characters, even from season one through three. There are some really great characters. Mm-hmm. Alex, my, my favorite yes. character in the series. <laughs> really. I've said this, I actually said this with Sarah Beth as well. And I, I, I bring her up every season. So fuck Tobias. Uh, Alex, that's me. <laughs> fuck Tobias. I don't want to hear Tobias' name ever again, even though I will. 
uh, Diana, Proctor John, Walker, Crazy Dog, Tobias, and Tobias. Really? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, he said, uh, Theresa said it would be nice to see what happened to them instead of just speculation of the possibilities with no answers. If they all died, then do a scene and show us. Or just tell us. I mean, yeah, I... I agree. I agree. Let's turn it over to more of the Alicia focus because Madison coming back presents a unique opportunity for Alicia in light of her illness, let's say. How do you think that interaction will go? And I kind of want to start that off with Jasmine. Do you think, let's say, Alicia takes on the villain role and Madison kind of dials it back or Madison, as per usual, maybe takes over for Alicia and kills Victor? There are so many ways this can go, but where do you feel this might go? Because we've had time to think about this. My thoughts on this is probably initially Madison's going to be like, what the fuck's going on? But obviously back her daughter in this kind of situation. Oh. But I'm feeling like, I'm feeling like she is going to try and get like a peaceful resolution. Then it's all going to depend on Strand from that position. Like if Strand is kind of willing to make peace with Madison there to kind of assist it, like almost taking on like the Andrea role of season three. Huh. then I think that Strand might make peace. But if Strand goes the other way and is just like against Madison, I think Madison will just go full batshit crazy. <laughs> there, there's the, I was waiting for the caveat. It was like, I'm surprised that this, an- oh, there we go. Okay, batshit crazy. I can identify with that. Uh, Sherry, do you have a take on this one maybe? Um, well, I'm thinking like, what if they bring Madison back in kind of a Pope role where she and whatever group of people she has managed to put together takes over Padre and and Alicia and Morgan and Strand, instead of fighting each other, have to band together and fight against Madison. Interesting. Because we don't, when we think of Madison returning, we don't think about who might be with her. That, I like that. Yeah, that's, that's not something that I'd considered. Right. It's kind of like the Carol and Daryl spinoff. We, we think, oh, it's Carol and Daryl, obviously. Right. But like, but who's with them? Did if for anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about, because this is also an audio podcast, I did the finger going into a hole because Carol and Daryl, right? Anyway, <laughs> I'm eye rolling now too. So, <laughs> no, it's a good point, uh, Bridget. What do you think specifically? Let's say with surrounding Alicia and maybe even Strand. What do you think the opportunity of Madison coming back presents for Alicia? Let's say, or how do you think? How do you think that's going to roll out? If she's coming back, like in. Th- for what we know right now, like in this moment that we're leading up to. Um, I see it going really badly for Strand. Now, I don't know, because is Madison going to be like, Alicia, what are you talking about? Like, walkers remember things, and you've got a crazy skeleton arm. Like, I don't know. I don't know how she's going <laughs> to feel about her in, in that regard, but, um, but that's her daughter, and so she's always going to side with family. That's clearly what she's shown through her character over the years. Um, so I, I don't think it bodes well for Strand. Now, Strand was her family in a way, you know. The found family. Since the apocalypse on. Um, so I don't know. I think that would be a really difficult decision for her. And, and maybe they play that emotional angle up, you know. Right. I mean, it presents a very interesting opportunity to see, do you choose your found family or do you choose your actual family? I mean, what would it look like to see? And Brian, don't worry, I'll come to you. <laughs> What would it look like to see um, Madison actually side with Victor in this one, right? I mean, we don't think about, we always have to try to think about the what if that doesn't feel like it's possible. What if it is? What if it is possible? What if Alicia is so far off the rails and she may be dying anyway? We've we've been put in this position where 
Can we assume that she no longer thinks that walkers know things after like her failed experiment though? Yeah, I think she's beyond that right now. I mean, that's what I think. Um, but what did she, and I gotta ask, did she have you guys going a little for just for a little moment that like, is this even possible? Is this, is this, I just kind of, I'm just curious about what you think that walkers remember things or have some sort of learned behavior at any point. Did you guys, were you guys suckered like me? I'm admitting it. I'm like, no, spooky beta shit. What? <laughs> I mean, in in this show, there's always a possibility for anything. So Thank maybe you. maybe that's what they're <laughs> leading up to in the with the stinger scene, which I know we're going to talk about at some other time. Right. But maybe that's what they're leading up to the with the stinger scene is maybe they really in do the Walking Dead World Beyond. Some, you mean right? That's something they're going to bring up. Maybe that's something that's going to tie in. So mm. you know, maybe like my my feeling was it could be true because who knows they they'll do whatever they want in the show anyway. <laughs> right. 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 All this time it wasn't true, but you know what? It's true now. It's it's so. it, it actually was true. Lisa's got an edge. What do you think, Brian? Oh, well, sorry, Bridget, you were gonna say something? I was just gonna say I think it'd be really frustrating to see that because we saw like Milton's experiments in Woodbury like many years ago, and he was trying to prove that they remembered things and was unsuccessful in that. So I just feel like it would be such a pandering mistake in, in my opinion. I actually kind of agree. <laughs> But they had me going for just a hot sec. <laughs> Milton could have been testing for the wrong kind of response, the, the wrong kind of memory response. Right. Maybe they're you know? focused on I mean, a specific true. memory. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, what do you think about, I'm just going back to the whole presenting a, an opportunity with Alicia when with Madison's return and maybe Victor ancillarily. I'm going to um, kind of answer two things. One on the remembering thing real quick. I want to go back to the world beyond. So we know that they're testing, you know, on zombies. We saw the, in, I'm sure everyone's seen the post credit scene on that. So there, and if you look at the walkers from the walking dead season one to now in the, the entire walking dead universe, they have changed over time. But if the CRM has done something, we have no idea what they're doing throughout the United States. So maybe Alicia ran into a CRM project. Um, so there could be a possibility of that happening that we don't know. But on the Alicia thing, um, I think you have to bring in another character to that because the other one is Morgan. We know where kind of his arc is right now and he's trying to get everybody he can against Strand because his family and... Um, but there was a particular scene where Victor almost cost Alicia her life where she got bit even though it was the, you know, the arm that um, was already bitten. But I have a feeling that scene is going to come up when Madison and Morgan actually see each other because that's a scene that never happened with them two getting to work with each other. And I'm pretty sure Morgan's going to, you know, bring that up to her that Victor tried to kill her in that, in that regard and almost cost her her life. Uh-huh. But, so I, I don't see Madison siding with Victor at all. I... I I kind of see them coming to a head because there was even a scene, um, if you go back to ep- or season four, where you can kind of see they're kind of starting to go in different ways because the remember when Victor stole all those goods from the Dell Diamond Stadium? Yeah. And they had that right. argument. Um, and they yeah. got him to turn around. But I, I think that was a kind of where they were starting to veer in different directions. It's so kind of I, funny because I, felt, I remember right, like they kind of turned each other around mm-hmm. because... She's like, hey, you're an asshole. And then later on in the episode, she finds the just-in-case Jeep, let's say, or the whatever, the Laredo or whatever it is, with the the med kit. And she's like, well, maybe we should have one of those. (laughs) It brings... The concept back to the diamond, like, okay, we need, if stuff goes wrong, we need a, this is strictly reserved for bugging out, let's say. So it's weird to see them kind of have a simpatico. 
uh, roundabout, but which again makes me think that like okay, as much as maybe they may question each other's motives, they still learn learn from one another, right? Madison and Victor. I think you're right in that. I think she feels he made the right decision. It was just the fact that he did it on his own and right. did not include her in it. Right. And now I'm remembering <laughs> Madison spoke to Alicia up on the top of the as she's doing the lookout, mm-hmm. and she says to Alicia, "Hey, we've got our own." Just in case, you know, just just so you know, we have a, our own just in case <laughs> Jeep with all our stuff. Just don't tell anybody. Just just don't. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Just our little secret. Like what? What's okay? Fine. Anyway, so it, again, it makes me think. Like, is there a world in which uh, Victor is Madison somehow sides with Victor? It, it's possible if Alicia is all cuckoo pants and there's no return. You know, if this let's say constant feverish pain state. It's like, if you have you ever seen Doctor House? Uh, knowing that this man is in constant pain makes him a complete asshole 24-7. And so what does that look like when this Alicia has been semi on the cusp of feverish, weak, you know, malnourished, dehydrated for two months? You know, what does that do to somebody's mind? Do you not think that if anyone was able to, like, talk sense into Alicia, it would be Madison, though? To try, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Rather than just, like, go to Victor's side, I feel like she'd try and be, like, the middleman before, like, just going, you know what? Screw my daughter. I'm actually going to side with Victor. Don't screw my daughter. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I I know. It it does. Listen, I I recognize that sometimes I throw out scenarios that sound really cuckoo pants, but... uh, yeah, that's the world we live in, though. I, I I don't know. Sometimes I think that, you know, I don't want, I should preface, I don't want this to happen. <laughs> I don't want a lot of things to happen on these shows, you know, but here we are. And, and I don't know what the opportunity presents itself with, you know, I don't know what happens as a result. And I have the same fears. I don't want Madison to chew, this, chew up the screen. And I don't think she will. Like, let, here's another question I have to ask. Do you think Madison's presence on the show when she arrives will be short-lived? Because I've heard unconfirmed it sounds implied that she may be a series regular but i'm not sure and so i kind of want to get your takes do you think she's going to be a series regular or do you think her appearance will be short-lived and let's let's start with brian on this one i want to believe it's not going to be short-lived um that's too big of a moment i think um also coleman domingo who has that he has a new job teaching or whatever i think that may play into possible future storylines for him which this comes at a perfect time um you also have the crm story unfolding i think madison probably will be more of a regular i I tend to agree with um that happening at least Hmm. okay how about bridget actually i should say what do you think they're going to do and what do you want them to do um, there's been a lot of talk about Coleman leaving potentially. Um, he's had success with other projects, so I don't know. Um, and I know that, you know, Alicia's been on the show the whole time and she's had, you know, other appearances in other shows, so she might be feeling ready to leave. I'm not really sure. Um, I I feel like it'd be really weird to bring Madison back after all of this bitching and moaning that we heard for so long to just then like, just then like nix her again right away. Um, I don't, I don't know if I, if that's what I hope is going to happen. I, I really have to see how she fits into the story before I can make a decision. I, I like that answer. That. It's kind of like, you know, listen, as much as I don't care for her coming back, like it would suck if she came back and just went again. You know, I can respect that. Uh, how about you, Sharon? Like, I mean, not as it's not as though you have much to go on, but what what do you hope will happen? And this is again probably in light of all the other characters and screen time and all that stuff. Do you do you see them keeping her on? And is that something you care for? 
Um, well, I mean, as far as do I care for it, that depends on what they do with her in the story. Because as it stands right now, I, I mean, whatever. I, I couldn't, you know, I don't really care either way. Do I think she'll stay around? I mean, I don't know. I think they like shock value. So what would be more shocking to bring her back, have her on for a few episodes, and then kill her off again? We've made and, like, many show jokes. the body this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Show we've the made body ma- this we, time. We've made ma- many Walker Madison jokes over the years too. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that was her. Oh, it was her the whole time. <laughs> like, what if Alicia <laughs> saw that? Uh, what do you? What, what about you, Jasmine? I think it'd be really, really amusing if they brought her back as a Walker for like one episode, <laughs> just to see like the reactions of all the Madisons. But I do think they'll bring her back as a series regular, to be honest. I have I have a feeling they'll bring her back towards like the end of season seven, but then like have her for like the whole of season eight. And Man, I don't. Oh wow! I don't know. I don't know about that because the way they're decided to premiere uh seven nine and seven ten i'm wondering if that if they're gonna get if she's gonna show up in seven nine because that she um, might you're saying yeah yeah because they they were they said that they were gonna release seven nine a week early and then they changed it up and now they're gonna release seven nine on the regular premiere day the actual premiere day and 710 at the same time. That's so I'm wondering if that has they're doing that because of some massive spoiler they don't want to get out or something. Yeah, let me let, let me articulate that. So essentially what you're saying is there's not going to be an AMC Plus uh, week before preview for that episode. Seven that's nine they, is that's what they said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that <laughs> knowing AMC this this could be wrong, but this that's change, what they right. said. So they so yeah essentially seven nine everybody will be seeing at the same time because it'll be only available on the public airing seven ten will be on AMC plus if if that's what if I'm reading that right 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 seven ten will be available same night on the same day as seven nine on AMC only, plus right seven ten will, will both be on the seventeenth instead of the tenth right right so that's interesting that's very very interesting. And we've always said that we've always wanted them to make it so that, you know, mid-season premieres, okay, don't do not do the week early thing. Or even like, let's say, if it's not the mid-season premieres or the season premieres, just don't air the season finale ahead, uh, a week ahead of time. But if they're willing to do it with this, with this mid-season premiere that everybody has to watch at the same time, well, first of all, I'm going to be very, very annoyed with the journos because they're all going to be going, God, you just, you don't even know. We got the screener two weeks ago. Here's my spoiler-free review. And I'm like, That's why I muted delete. all of them. <laughs> I muted all of them. Um, yeah, it's another thing we talked... We talked a lot about that, Sarah Beth and I. A lot about that. And she has that perspective, too. She has the whole, like, I don't want to be that way. And I see the other journals doing this. And I was like, I don't really like that. I don't care about being first. To, okay, so Loris is saying she was confirmed as a series regular as of season eight, though. Interesting. That's, that's what I was trying to say before. It feels like it was implied that she was going to be a series regular. I'm not sure if it's confirmed, necessarily. I'm, sh- I'm sure that they said on Talking Dead, like, um, that, like, they confirmed it. I'm, like, 90% sure. Because when, cause when they announced it, I'm sure they asked her in the interview, um, like, are they just bringing you back, like, as a walker? And then it was like, <laughs> right. no, like, you're no. confirmed as a series regular. Right, right. So this is this is actually going to go to a comment that I, I saw from Alicia Devon Carey recently in an article. Something she had said, she had said something akin to the fact that, you know, after all these years, you know, she's one of the few people who's been there from the very beginning, uh, along with uh, not necessarily Coleman, as it is Daniel. Coleman obviously came in a couple episodes later. 
Um, but one of the things she said was, I'm with this series all the way till the end. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there as long as I am allowed to be there. I love being there. I want to see the story through. That's what she said. Some of some people may take that also to mean that her time there won't be much longer. I, you can wheedle through language and, and tone and the way she said it to construe that. So maybe the question remains, do you think that Alicia may pass? as a result of what's going on with her right now and that Madison kind of takes the mantle again. I'm I'm curious to know what you guys think. And let's let's start with Brian. I'm like what wh- what are your feelings with respect to Alicia? Not necessarily about Madison, but what do you think Alicia's ha- what's happening with Alicia? All I know is they better not do an Ophelia to us again cuz that's I'm going to be heartbroken on that. But um Ugh, same. If if they do if she ends up dying for whatever reason, I need some C's some scenes with Madison. They they have to. I don't. I don't want to see her die in her arms. That, not after Ophelia. That was heartbreaking. But that being said, I I don't want to believe she's gonna die. I think she's too important. Um, even though she doesn't have a lot of scenes, you know, in these past couple seasons, like her screen time hasn't been as great. I feel like she's too central to the story to just get rid of her, as long as she's willing to be there. I'd like to believe right. that they're not going to kill her. Right. What about you, Bridge? Um, I mean, I I really do second with what Brian says. I mean, I, I hope not. I know that they love to do stupid things for, like, shock value. <laughs> It'd be really lame, though, if it was over this weird arm thing. I mean... After coming this far. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I Just for my sake... I. I, again, I'm I'm never attached, even if it's Morgan. Sorry, I have to say this out loud. Morgan's uh, my favorite character, period. Both series. But even if it was Morgan, I would say you got to do what you got to do. Uh, if Madison leaves the show again, that's what you feel like you have to do. Do it. You know, if it I'm I'm all in service of story. So when John died, I saw not the value, but I saw that, OK, that's. That's how they want to tell the tale. They want to show impact. They want to show how other characters, like Sharon D's actually said this before. I want to see how other characters somehow grow or which way that the, the branches grow as a result of that passing, let's say. Because I saw it mentioned in the chat. I'm like, that's a perfect example of like not doing it to do it or not doing it for shock value necessarily, but like this is the world we live in, you know? And, and if that means Alicia goes, if that means Madison goes along with her, I mean, at least we saw the body. But, it, but if they do it, they do it to show and look you do have this front-loaded thing of concern let's say for for most people who have watched the show from the, from the very beginning what does what does fear the walking dead look like without a clark in it right so that's that's also a concern from the other end of things you know like a lot of people have the concerns of like well lucy's not getting screen time and what happens to june throughout all of this you know what what ha- where are the kids where, where is wendell but then i also think like what does that world look like without the clarks and, and i i this is kind of like a gimmicky question but like is it still fear the walking dead without the clarks it's it's almost you it's almost the same question as is it the walking dead without rick grimes or carl grimes for that matter you know (sighs) these are tough questions to kind of have to wrestle with but i think the show and i'll just answer for myself i think the show is just like on the walking dead has slowly not weaned us off the clarks but slowly allowed us to live in a harsh world where we in some senses have to accept that the show must go on in a way what do you guys think I, let me start with sharon because i see you nodding any show like this you're you're gonna lose people i mean you you're gonna lose people look at game of thrones how many of the starks are left at the end is it still game of thrones yeah how many Baratheons are left at the end? 
It's still Game of Thrones, you know? I mean, it's just because you don't have the people you started with or considered the core and heart of the show doesn't mean it's not the show anymore. Right. That's why right. they introduce other people for you to care about because they know they're going to eventually lose them. Right, right. And you, I mean, one thing you have to consider from the actor's side is these are very, very physically demanding and hard to shoot shows. And filming in the heat and the cold and the wet and the weather and yeah, doing it for years and years and years has got to be exhausting. So when you have someone like Alicia who has been on this is seven years, I'm sure I mean I'm not speaking for ADC, but maybe she wants to go do something where she doesn't have to roll around in the mud. Or take a break even. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Jasmine. I agree with what Sharon you said, but I need to go to sleep. So <laughs> I'm gonna I wanna leave you guys. Okay. Good night guys. Take care. Thank Bye. you for joining us. Goodbye. Bye, Say Jasmine. goodbye, Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a constant joke. Uh, Bridget, Bridget, Bridget. What? What does? Is it Fear the Walking Dead without the Clarks? I'm simplifying, but you. I know. No, I mean it's not. It's not the fear that it was at the beginning. But you can say the same about the Walking Dead. Like it's. It's not the Walking Dead it was at the beginning. It's. It's a different. You know, lead cast. And if the writing is done well, then we care about these characters. And so even then, when they they pass because the actor decided they want to move on or whatever happens or it's to further the plot um they leave this impact and i that's okay you know that's okay sometimes so um so yeah i mean it's still fear it's just gonna be different if that's the case so so we'll just have to wait and see yeah i mean i think we all agree that we would still watch right brian and that's why that's why i want to give it to you last i asked the question to you what is it what does it look like is fear fear without the clarks and and even if it is how does that make you feel right it's definitely still fear i mean it's not going to hit as hard as losing rick grimes because you have the comic attached to that where this is kind of its own show its own um story that's going day by day but the clarks were from the beginning so without the clarks it's it's tough it's not the same story but i think overall it's still a good story it's still within the same universe and and even I believe Gimple said, I mean, the show's going to go on where they're branching out to other worlds out there. And so eventually we're going to lose these people anyways. Um, but I, I'm still going to love the show. I'm still going to watch the universe. I'm still going to watch tales. Wherever fear goes, I'm going to stay here to the end. And um, it, it is kind of like a Stanley Milgram experiment, right? Like we let's see how much we can take away before we get you to turn tune out or to actually do the right thing and turn the TV off. <laughs> but and yet we still watch, right? And But why? Why do we watch? I mean, when Rick left the show, when R- Rick left The Walking Dead, I, I almost was kind of like, well, let's see how they carry the torch, right? Like, it's not, I, and I've used that expression often, like it's, it is kind of like a marathon race or like a relay race, right? You know, this guy's been, he's been, he's been running the laps. He's got like, what, eight seasons in him, nine seasons, feeling a little tired. He hands the torch off, torch off to Judith, let's say, you know, and Judith, you know, when we saw Judith in that coda, you know, like in the middle of season, uh, sorry, episode five of season nine, we were like all like, what? He's got, she's got the little hat. She's got the little, well, it's a pretty big gun. But, and it's like, what is going on here? Oh my God, we get a chance to, oh, this is like Carl and Rick and one. It's like, so I think a lot of people have that reaction. Now there are still people out there like, it's not the walking down without Rick Grimes. I'm like, okay, fine. I, I feel what you feel. So like taking it back to the Clarks, the, it, it kind of makes me think of the walking... Sorry, sorry. Star Trek The Next Generation. There was this weird moment where Gene Roddenberry was involved, like, I think for the first 
three seasons until he passed. And then people were wondering, is it still going to be Star Trek after Gene's gone? And I have to make the argument that after Gene passed, Star Trek The Next Generation just took off, in my opinion. There was something about that them freeing themselves up to do some really, really wonderful things without having his specter, you know, his direction over it. Now, I'm not putting down Gene at all, necessarily. Um, but in it, it's almost like, you know, to kind of bring it back to The Walking Dead, it's almost as if, um, what did the show look like after... Um who was the uh, executive producer for the season one. Uh, Darabont? Yeah, Darabont. There was something interesting about seeing what happens to a show when you have a heavyweight. And I remember re-watching uh, season one and two uh, recently with Sharon Dean Rachel. And I'm like, and, and actually doing research for uh, season six of Fear the Walking Dead, something about Morgan. There was something about Austin uh saying something to Althea before she leaves to find Isabel that felt like Morgan uh Rick uh telling Morgan I'm going to radio in every day and so I was like oh is he using the exact same words that Rick he's not she's not Rick said to Morgan, he's not. But it made me watch those seasons, those, those, that season again, and see how brilliantly it was filmed and what they were trying to do with Darabont. But when Darabont left, they kind of had to figure out how they wanted the show to look like. The zombies changed. <laughs> the The tone of the ch- show was still was trying to find its legs. Do we, Are we faithful to the comic? Are we not? And then as the show evolved, it kind of kind of got better and better in its own way. I'm kind of glad Darabont left. Now, I, I like Darabont. I think he's a genius. I mean, Shawshank Redemption, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, if I remember right. Yep. So, I've been to that prison. So, so, yeah, wow. <laughs> so going back to Fear the Walking Dead, uh, and we've said this in certain iterations, you know, uh, w- w- let's say specifically with John, there's something to be said about what happens to other characters when we have to say goodbye to one, right? But it's the same thing, let's say, with the Clarks, and but it's a gargantuan gaping hole. What happens to the show, let's say, if all the Clarks leave, right? So... I think that's an opportunity if done just right. And they have to know, and this is the interesting thing here, they have to know what they're doing right now. They must have some sort of huge plan. Do you know what I mean? If they're bringing in Madison Clark, they must know what they're doing. And they must know that A, when we see her, we're going to freak out. And B, it's going to change the dynamic of the show in a major way. That's what I feel. But I'm wondering what you guys think. Uh, let's say, Bridget, I saw you shaking your head. I saw you nodding. Like, you know, they, do you think they know what they're doing by bringing back Madison? Well, they waited, you know, some time to bring her back. So Yeah, that was at hang time, I, I imagine, right? Yeah, I imagine they developed some sort of plan. And and then they announced it super early. So they had to have some idea. Um, and I know that they were probably feeling the, the pressure from people um, and wanted to, you know, say to the fans, like, we're bringing her back so far in advance of actually doing it to ensure that people are like around for it. But, but I, I imagine that there's some bigger story and, and it'll be just like every other Walking Dead story that I just, I can't piece it together right now. And as soon as I see it, I'm going to be like, <laughs> How did I not see this coming? We won't. We won't. That's what I think. Uh, Sharon, what do you think? Does the mere thought of like them probably, I mean, look, you're a Fear the Walking Dead four through six person slash seven. Um, And so you saw the brilliance of it as it was then. So knowing what Chambliss and Goldberg have done, does that make you a little in some ways excited to see what they will remix or redo or do to this character as a result of her coming back or to the show, you know, in a sense? Well, I mean, I'm always excited to see what they're going to come up with. I mean, that's that's why we watch, isn't it? Because we want to know what's going to happen. I'm trying to give you hope. (laughs) 
I'm not excited for her to come back, and and I've already expressed my reasons why. Because it has fans. nothing. It, <laughs> it has nothing to do with the story. If right. they bring her back and the story is great, then I'll be happy with it. Um, but I think I think they have a plan. I do think they have a great grand plan because everything has to tie in together. Yeah, so I mean, I think they know what they're doing. There's a reason for it. Um, but it's. I, I I agree with what what everybody else what Jasmine was saying earlier. I don't want Madison to come back and have everybody else lose screen time. Right. Like right. our people already have have no screen time. So right. And that's kind of what I'm leaning. To. I mean, look, seeing what they've already done with Strand and, and how much you love that this extra villainous Strand, <laughs> they must have some sort of similar uh, impact waiting for you when it comes but, to Madison. Let's you say. know, I even if like, it's subtle, I like my ladies to break bad. You know, I wanted June to break bad. I wanted her to be a badass and, and go bad and go evil. Right. Um, Rachel and I were watching Better Call Saul, and and as we get to the end of it, I'm sorry if I'm going to spoil this for anybody, but you know how Kim Wexler just breaks bad. You know, she's like, now I know why you want June to to be bad because it's fun. It's fun. So yeah, you know, yeah. maybe Madison will come back and and she'll be the bad guy and. It, She'll be a kick-ass like Leah or something, you know? I don't know. Maybe. Mm. Oh, man. You, now I really think you got to watch seasons one through three. Because <laughs> she, yeah, she, she well, it's, it, for those who know, she's not alien to doing that. And for all the reasons past and present, you know? And so it's kind of interesting. So, Brian, what do you got? I 100% believe there is a, a bigger plan. In fact, I will go to say that it's a bigger plan that involves Scott Gimple and Angela Kang. I'm going to say it's, it's going on more of a bigger scale that um, that she may be involved with. Now, the one thing I, I do want to mention, because um, one of the worries is screen time for some of our favorite um, characters, I do believe there's some relationships that have to be answered when Madison Clark comes back. For example, June and Madison, the way their relationship started off was kind of rocky at first. And those are two, in, in my opinion, queens of the of the apocalypse there that could be a badass, formidable team. Those two, I want to see her and Althea. If you go back to that interview that Althea had, um, that's going to be important. Obviously, right. um, Alicia, Daniel Salazar, if you go to their background. Oh, Althea's Brandon. not even going to be on the show, though. <gasps> is oh. she? I was just getting oh. ready to say that is one of the, probably one of the most disappointing aspects is that Al is gone before she gets the chance yeah. to re before she gets a chance to reunite with Madison. But, but interesting she- how that they plan they laid that out too the groundwork for her not to be there for Madison's return in a sense. I don't think they intended it, but. Well, I'm going to say, as, as I said when we covered that episode, I feel like they shoehorned that in because Maggie Grace wanted to leave. And I don't think that I don't think that was part of their plan originally. Mm. I think that was Maggie Grace wanted to bounce, so they had to fit something. Do we, in because do we know that they're for sure? all about they're all about mirrors and 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 loops. So having Al and Madison reunite would have would be important. You know what I mean? Oh, I see you what did. you're saying. Yeah, it would be a, a bookend. It would be bookends to it, you know. And and they do that. So I feel like I feel like I feel like Maggie Grace leaving was not something they had planned on. Yeah, but lemons into lemonade. It's kind of interesting to to see that she'll they'll never have that reunion. Kind of like we never saw them. It, it like we never saw Althea with the rest of the gang with Madison, right? So there was this weird disconnect. And I kind of like that there is a bit of a bookend in her not being there, in a sense, to kind of have that reuni- re- reunification. Let's say I don't know. Whatever. I'm a weirdo. But yeah, Brian, go ahead. Sorry, I, I cut I was you off. Say, there has to be a bigger plan because this isn't Morales coming back. This is Madison Clark, who is a major role yeah. in the show. <laughs> Although Morales deserved better, but I digress. I, I agree. <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah. Um, but I do believe this um, possibly could tie into the CRM. Even though Maggie Grace wanted to leave, 
I feel like there's probably something in her contract possibly where it's open-ended, where she may come back in, maybe on the back end of Season 7 or open up in Season 8. Maybe there's a project she's working on now and she'll come back. But I feel like Althea is too important to the overall universe, not just Fear the Walking Dead. Her her link to the CRM is huge, and you, you can't just ignore that. So I, I do I do think she's going to be back, but those relationships with Madison are going to be key, and I think they have to. And even um Luciana, who is Nick's girlfriend, um, there Madison could get mad at her for not protecting him, and obviously oh, and obviously Charlie. The, yeah, are, they have to visit these things. We should we should talk about the Charlie angle too, because many people have said, and I I actually wholeheartedly disagree uh, that Charlie is on the chopping block, or Charlie is in trouble with Madison coming back. I, so, Bridge, what do you think about this? <laughs> it, it's time to put you so, on the spot. <laughs> I know, I know. So, I mean, I just recently re- rewatched these episodes. These season four beginner episode so um so some of it's still fresh in my mind and charlie's face when that gun goes off is not like a look of malice or like contempt it's like shit what did i just do because it's nick and i know this guy and he was good to me and like she reacted out of fear right right uh, so I know it wasn't intentional and I know people had like a really hard time forgiving her like fan side. Um, if they ever did. Yeah. And they were really quick to say like, I can't believe Alicia would like forgive her and take her under her wing. And I mean, Alicia had to work through it, but she's a kid. Like she's not an adult. This wasn't like done with intent. Um, she didn't like hunt Nick down or anything. It was, it was just an unfortunate thing that happened um so i don't i don't know i i mean madison's a mom like first and foremost so i don't i don't know how she would come at that i mean charlie's still a kid she had a soft spot for charlie you know beginning of season four so so i don't know i actually feel like uh, this could be one of the areas that madison and alicia have a disagreement over that might lead to them falling out or taking you know everybody having to go against madison or something because alicia's forgiven charlie she forgave charlie a long time ago that's in the past for her and madison comes back and gets mad and wants to take charlie out and i can see alicia stepping up and saying no you know it's too far yeah so i feel like that could be a place where she and uh alicia and madison could come to blows or have disagreements that could lead to problems further down the road (laughs) and if alicia dies then what happens to that problem and maybe the charlie maybe if let's say alicia dies let's say you know that doesn't mean that madison doesn't do the same thing with charlie as she did with you know that she did before you know in alicia's name taking care of charlie let's say you know like her death could be like it means for them to come back come together i you know let's say in light of that conflict you never know what happens but brian what do you think i'm curious i agree with parts of what you know everyone was saying because i don't think charlie charlie had malice on her i think she was scared she was a scared little kid she just had her family member or who was family member to her killed you know by nick um so i think in the moment she was scared the issue is that madison does not know that so she's coming in from a point of view that she has no idea the other thing is with madison though she was also sort of mentoring charlie that was like um she was trying to teach you know she was i don't want to say she was a mother figure to her but she definitely was trying to take care of her at that point so i think there may be a little bit of conflict 
conflict when Madison comes back. But also, as Sharon D said, I think Alicia may be that point where she's going to, you know, explain to Madison, you know, what Charlie means to the group and, you know, how that went down. Because Madison coming in, coming in with no perspective on anything, anything, she's going to be hot. That's Nick. Um, so I expect her to be angry. But I do believe that, like what Sharon D said, there's going to be a conflict with Alicia. Um, but I do believe that's going to get resolved. But in, in the beginning, I feel like she's going to be conflicted. Hmm. I almost feel like her reaction her reaction to hearing about Nick's passing might be a lot like Maggie going to Hilltop and seeing it having burned down. There's almost like I'm not saying there was no reaction, but it's it's like there is almost kind of like I kind of always knew this might happen, you know, like that kind of reaction. Like the point at which Madison leaves Nick anyway, he was suffering from this PTSD. He was really in a bad state post the dam fall, let's say, and mm-hmm. and having this agoraphobia of going outside again. So there's almost like, yeah, I kind of knew in the back of my head he wasn't long for this world, sort of thing. I almost could feel that because we have to remember where she, where she was mentally or where everybody was uh, when it just before. For her departure from the show so i can i can see practical madison clark being like you know as much as i hated to admit it i could see him not being long for this world and that's sad and maybe almost moving on so i'm trying to channel those feelings or that reality i kind of want to like um piggyback off what you said because now it's just kind of making me think of a new ripple with um madison is what if she kind of gets a sense of relief because like you said he was suffering with ptsd um and the stuff um drugs and everything else that he has gone through throughout his life and just so that she knows he's no longer suffering anymore there could be that sense of relief there right but she's gonna have to get by the him getting shot but I think that'll happen. That's that'll happen. But I think there can be a sense of relief, yeah. maybe, for Madison because he's no longer suffering. At least he was shot by somebody who loved him. <laughs> anyway, whatever. From a from a real life perspective too, like you have to think how many times would Madison like have already mourned Nick in her life? So true. Mm-hmm. Thought he was dead, and yet like there there was a repeating theme throughout the series. You know, like say prior to the fall, where Nick went off and did his thing prior to during the apocalypse, and she would have to bite her tongue and go he'll come back. He always comes back. Or he always sends out a flare saying I'm in trouble or something like that. And this time he didn't. And and to a sense, he kind of went out swinging. Like he went outside. He uh, got revenge uh, for the the dam falling. I think that's how he went out, right? Because this was with Morgan and everybody else. And he kind of took matters into his own hands and like, you know, tried to, you know, get revenge for the the dam falling. Her vision of the future, let's say. Um, So at least he did that. You mean the stadium? The stadium. That's right. I'm at the stadium. I always say, I always do that too. I always, when I always refer to the stadium, I say the damn sometimes. Like Loris is saying, the way Gimple spoke about Madison's return called her a fundamental character in the Walking Dead universe. So I think she will play a role in the larger universe. Or he could be BSing. Loris would know. Loris would know. But what do you think about that? Do you think Madison could be like the, one of the three rings in the CRM logo as as per the Walking Dead universe, let's say? Could Madison she become General an integral Beale. character? Yeah. Yeah. Madison General Beale. <laughs> Not necessarily literally, but like, what would it look like to see her in a CRM outfit? Well, just one quick note on Nick. The other thing is, um, in, I believe it was season three, he went back to his old ways where he was getting back on drugs again. And she started to see that again with Troy, where they were doing that brainstem thing or whatever. Um, oh, so that, that kind of continues her seeing him suffer even after the apocalypse started. But um, when you guys mentioned the CRM, another thought just um, dropped in my head because we haven't seen her for a long time. So what if she became sort of a Jadis figure? 
Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Became somewhat of a recruiter and or even like um, Georgie. Right. And what does that do to somebody's uh, I mean, we've all seen it with 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 whoever gets in league with uh, the CRM, they kind of drink the Kool-Aid. What does a Madison who has that background that we've all seen? What does it do to that type of person who thinks that may be the only way? And in a sense, in in a sense, the stadium does kind of resemble. And I I actually I remember recalling. Yeah, but if she was building the stadium to have a safe place for her kids, it would fall, it would make complete sense that if she had fallen in league with CRM, she would fall into that habit of like, I need a safe place for all these, these people. I need to save. oh, CRM, last light of the world. Sounds great. Do you, you know what I mean? So it goes back to the theme I was kind of trying to express when it came to season seven, falling back to old habits, but going extra. So Madison's return, being a CRM soldier is kind of like that. I want a safe place for everybody. <laughs> the CRM is the biggest stadium. <laughs> so... When you think about it that way, uh, that kind of all of that makes sense. And it would make complete sense if she was a high ranking, let's say, CRM soldier, let's say. And which makes me think I should pour over the Walking Dead world beyond to see if she was ever referenced in a sense. But I like what Loris had said. Uh, Madison has PTSD and doesn't remember Nick and Alicia Shocker. So could go along with the CRM story, maybe. What if she's mad because they never came to look for her after the stadium burned? And so she's got like a vendetta against everybody for not coming to look for her. I'm just saying if you're like in a lot of pain and you feel like you've been abandoned, that can twist your thinking. You know? mm. What do you think about that, uh, all of you? Because I, I don't I don't know. Well, I know when she left, she was under the impression that her kids, she did that for her kids to survive. So um, I don't know. It, at least I would think if I was the parent doing that so my kids can survive, they would assume that I'm dead. Because that's the, the last scene that they saw where they were crying and they thought she was she was dead. Um, right. So I don't know if she, um, in that respect. But I, I mean, there could she could have some sort of a vendetta as well the other thing i wanted to um, mention is like laura's brought this up in the um comments madison is a great manipulator i think it would take a great amount of brainwashing to actually brainwash someone like her but i want to bring up the fact of what about rick grimes he's been gone for how long we've said that about him as well and he's i don't know that he can be brainwashed so she could be like um held against her will for if if there is a crm angle with her Mm. I, i i've always said that if the only way that Rick Grimes and Madison, let's just put them all in a pot. Um, the way brainwashing works is it you take you you give them something that they so desperately want and then you work on that and what Rick Grimes had always wanted this is the thing that he had he had in his mind even though he kind of let it go by blowing up the bridge what was he trying to accomplish he was trying to at all costs trying to keep people together and keep them safe and and it would make perfect sense for the CRM to work on that well here's what you tried to do we've done it now what so going back to Madison it's the stadium here's what you tried to do we just saved you from what you were trying to do you failure (laughs) welcome welcome to the crm we're all stadium walls we've got this down we we've done this now and now the one thing that we do know about the crm is that they don't make their presence known they don't bring in outside people unless it's like for testing purposes or something like that they don't recruit so i mean you almost have to figure that (laughs) that one of our characters captures madison in a sense in the act of going on a resource run or something like that or visiting a site a new site for the crm or something like that it's it's going to be the same thing with rick grimes the only way you're going to be able to see them either of them again is someone fucking up at at the crm which is rare you know what i mean or well i know that their aim's not great but (laughs) i don't know it's just something to chew on but what do you you have anything to respond to that or bridget maybe i mean um the comment that the madison is a manipulator is true we saw it at at the ranch Mm -hmm. um she'll take any situation and manipulate it to ensure the safety of herself and her family 
So who's to say she's not doing that? I mean, I mean, what if it's like that? Same for Rick, I would assume. Are, are they, you know, working behind the scenes, like trying to figure out some way to get back to their family, but also to keep them safe? Because the CRM goes all in, you know, and if so if you told them about your family, are they safe anymore? Or are they going to use that against you? That's a good point, too. Um, I almost feel like her being a manipulator is perfect for the CRM, in a sense. I mean, look at Jada's. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. definitely. So I could see her kind of working that system in the same way that Jadis arguably is like to right. her benefit. Right. But the, in your scenario it would be for ultimately her kids benefit, I suppose. Is that kind of what you're leading to? Well, if she feels like keeping herself safe is in the long term going to keep her kids safe, then that's what she would do for now. Yeah, yeah. And we've said that about Rick as well. Like, the only reason why he wouldn't contact them is to keep them safe, in a sense. Because we know now we know a lot more about the CRM. I almost feel like, um, to the point of, of comparing Jadis to Madison, I like what Loris is saying. Well, look at how she took over the ranch. She could do a similar thing to the CRM, which would put Madison in a very interesting... She would have to be in a very high and very interesting position in the CRM to make that happen. I kind right? of think like, Jadis is doing that too. Yeah. And what if they get together? What if Jadis shows up on all three shows? <laughs> Right? I mean, that would have to be the connective tissue to all of this. And I wouldn't be opposed to that. But we also have to remember, right, that Fear of the Walking Dead is, you know, kind of in the past. You know, it's several years in, in the past. So she could show up as like a trainee or something after she left. Um, after she left The Walking Dead, she could show up like a CRM trainee. We might see Max Asinski too. Uh, Dennis, yeah. Agent Dennis. <laughs> yeah. They could show up with Beckett. <laughs> Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, well, interesting. Oh, no, Beckett's already dead by then, isn't he? He was the, uh, the Isabel's partner, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's already dead. But you're saying like a flashback? Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> well, see, that actually brings me just to the only thing I other thing I wanted to talk about is that it has been said, and maybe this is prior to the possibility of her returning to Fear the Walking Dead, that she would definitely show up in a Tales of the Walking Dead. Um, this could be this could change. But the interesting thing about doing that is to tell the story or show the story of what happened to Madison in that interim. Because I don't think we're going to get it on Fear the Walking Dead. But I, I would like to see what... I, just like everybody wants to see what happened after the dam <laughs> broke in season three and that story in between season three and through season four. But uh, I'm kind of curious. Do you think we'll see what happened to Madison? See what happened to Madison in the interim in season seven and or Tales of the Walking Dead at this rate? Let's, I'll take it to Brian. I think we'll, I think we'll find maybe either in a flashback or possibly even Tales. Um, but one character I think that possibly could be the connectivity tissue to all this is Howard. We don't know a lot about him. And what if he is sort of like a Georgie or sort of like a plant... Um, because one of the things that I, I said in one of my own videos mm. is that I believe the post-credit scene of the world beyond may be tied to the Pennsylvania. And there may that may be the connectivity, how those type of walkers get there as well as with the CRM. But what if what if um Howard is connect connected to the CRM in some respect and Victor Or Georgie being a separate entity too, right? Like cause mm-hmm. we're not all down with her being Commonwealth or CRM. Yeah. And, and Victor is also someone who likes to take um, advantage of situations. I would say he's probably even a greater manipulator than Madison. And he will use any knowledge he gets to help him without necessarily helping the people that know him. So what if he is aware of what maybe Howard may know and is using that against Alicia without telling her? Maybe yeah. he, maybe he uh, might have some knowledge. Oh, maybe he knows Madison's been alive the entire time. 
<laughs> who knows? But just doesn't know who she is with respect to Victor. I mean, yeah. Anything's possible. Uh, by the way, the chat's, well, you can see it if you're on YouTube, but if for the audio podcast, Sharon and Bridget are talking about how Madison's going to be uh, kind of like barbecue Dwighty, uh, <laughs> which has been depicted too. I think by um, I think by Johnny Five's Alive, right? He's he's done yeah. a, an edit. I, yeah, it was a really good picture where her side profile was kind of burnt. Yeah, exactly. I can see that happening. But Although she, I she was fried as Dakota. Uh, yeah, well, not as right. That's overdoing it, isn't it? Right, like charcoal. <laughs> question was asked uh, i forget who this was but i think it might have been loris like what what would be the harm in releasing a production still of madison on set and i actually i think just like the them br- actually bringing back madison um they might you know due to fan pressure let's say i i don't believe that's true by the way i don't i don't think they bought brought madison back for fan pressure more than they saw an opportunity to create a huge story out of her coming back but if it was pressure let's say part of the pressure has also been to stop revealing things before they actually happen. Yes. And, 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 and proof of that is actually the return of Madison or sorry, the return of the mid season, uh, sorry, mid series, mid series premiere, mid series premiere without the AMC plus, uh, uh, pre-release, let's say, you know, if she's coming back and if that happens and if it's going to happen in the mid season premiere, uh, that's the way to do it. Don't give them anything. Let everybody freak out when they see it rather than see it before they see it. Do you know what I mean? And actually, how many of you agree with that? Because one of my biggest gripes, let's say in season five, I think it was revealing that Isabel is a girl. Like you don't get that. Like she takes off the helmet and says, hi, I'm Isabel. You don't get that. They announced it a week ahead of time. You didn't get, um, we heard Daniel Salazar was coming back before the episode air where we saw it at the end of the episode. Cole. Dwight. Cole. Oh, Cole. That was, I think. Oh my God. That was terrible. Right. Why did they spoil that? Yeah. Cole, right. Cole in season six. Um, but like even Dwight, the fact that we found out Dwight was coming back, I get what they were trying to do. They're trying to hype us up and getting people, get TWD watchers to watch the show. But what, how cool would it have been if you were just watching the show in Humbug's Gulch and all of a sudden this burnt face guy goes, hey, I th- that guy looks, well, that's fucking Dwight. <laughs> and you freak out and then word of mouth spreads like, hey, I know you haven't been watching Wa- Fear the Walking Dead, Walking Dead person. But yeah, you, maybe you want to because Dwight's on that show. You know, like, you know, like instead of the news happening, people freaking out about it, being like, what the fuck? Why is he on the show? Ah, I want to watch it. So they, so maybe with this, they're, they're not, they're willing to tell you that she's coming back. They're just not going to show you how it happens or not even give you a glint of how that's going to happen. And maybe they're finally listening. In an age where you binge watch television shows, you know, where's the mystery? You have an opportunity here. It, it pays to be the person who doesn't binge watch the show, let's say. For the people who are following along, this is why you watch the show as it comes out. You know, there is some relevance to uh, that, That's just the way I feel very passionately, too. <laughs> so, but do you guys have anything to say against that or do you guys not care even or do you want to see yeah i mean like i know laura said he wants to see what what madison looks like before she comes out but like is there a value to seeing something before it happens i want them to wait just like shut it for like a minute i agree they they ruin um all of the suspense in um season 10 of the walking dead because i knew the whole time that daryl and carol are gonna be fine right and that was so frustrating because there were these moments where i was watching and like you know like the battle with the whispers and and daryl 
barrels like in it and I would be nervous for a second and then that would click on in the back of my head and I was like, never mind, he's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. As many times as people will go, oh yeah, but he's going to be on the Carol Daryl spinoff. He's going to be a ghost, you know, that Carol sees. Oh, I got him killed. <laughs> so No, that's not going to happen. He's going to survive just like Carol is. <laughs> Yeah. I would prefer it would be like a lie. Like I would prefer that AMC was lying about that this whole time, and we would get to the end, and one of them would have like a, a noble death at the end of the show, and I'd be like, that Oof. makes me a little sad, but at least, like, at least it was suspenseful, and there was something there. Agreed. No, Daryl's agreed. gonna be Carol's pet Walker. I already <laughs> called it. <laughs> Uh-huh. It might be the other way around, but I don't know. Either way. <laughs> yeah. And then who comes along with them? That's the other Madison. question. Madison's the other pet walker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so like Daryl. So hold on a second. So Carol has two pet walkers, Daryl and, and sorry, Daryl and uh, Madison. Madison. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i down with that. That's how, the, that's how they tie it all together. Right. And Jadis is like, hey, hey, Daryl. And J- and Daryl just shoots an arrow through her, her forehead. <laughs> well, that ends that arc. <laughs> There's the um, possibility of them coming over to The Walking Dead. I think that's the last mm. they The Walking Dead because we know Morgan wants to go to Alexandria. So how will that storyline play in with what's going on with Madison returning? Right. And then them filming in Savannah, Georgia has mm-hmm. some weird possibilities. I mean, it doesn't mean much, but could mean much. I mean, I, I, I guess they won't. Oh, you know what? It's you know, with them going to the Commonwealth, them uh, fear the walking and filming in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, yeah, I'm, okay. So maybe that is a good question to ask. Do you think any of the fear characters will be, let's say, at the Commonwealth for the last season of The Walking Dead? Is that a possibility? And again, remember, fear fears in the past, the Walking Dead's in the present. So anything's possible, and that could tell us a lot about what happens to the fear of the Walking Dead. Who survives? I think we do get our our time jump though, where where they will kind of catch up to the Walking Dead at some point. But maybe there might be a wall the lost story over there in part c hmm interesting hmm. yeah i'm just trying to think of how this could happen <laughs> and i just it's hard it's really hard madison equals padre what do you think laura says uh then it would be madre <laughs> right is, is padre real right yeah, yeah that's it's a dream that's a bigger fear of the walking dead question too because yeah, sh- is- i believe they had that that folder which showed what the government was trying to do with padre but they never really got into the heart the core of what that was they, they talked yeah. a little bit about it but it's funny because when we broke down that episode where she flips through it, all that was in that that booklet was three pages depicting the Munich massacre in 1976. I yeah. think it was or 73. Yeah, that's all it was. Very interesting um, that that was the specific thing that that was being shown. It, but what does it mean? Ugh. It's a could be a pipe dream. I don't know. There could be an Easter egg in there that'll tie in later on. Whatever that um, those three pages we're talking about. But I, I'm wondering if it if it even got finished. Maybe this was something the government tried to do at the start of the apocalypse. Yeah. Or yeah. And we we often talked about like ha- seeing some of the Project Votus papers uh, have this weird 2001 date too, right? I think that was what that's what it was. 2001. And well, and it seems like all these. I mean, 2001. You know, sure. Shortly, that year was 9-11. The Munich massacre was in the 70s. Ideologues killed a bunch of Israeli Olympians, Olympiads uh, on the tarmac uh, in 76. So, you know, result of terror attacks, we build these bunkers, etc. So there could be some tie-ins to that. And it could be that the outbreak was linked to something that that took motion way in the past. This is ethereal stuff that you have to listen to the show for (laughs) as we break this down. It's not something we could kind of necessarily bring down here, but it's something we, we probably might actually bring that up again for our Walking Dead World Beyond live stream where we talk about the Stinger uh, more in detail. Uh, we talk, we'll talk. we probably talk about the mechanics more of that scene, how that walker works, 
how it takes place in France, the connection to Dr. Jenner. We're going to try to do that in the coming weeks. I was going to try to do that within this week. That's impossible. Next week might be impossible too, but we will be doing it soon because I kind of want to kind of keep that flame for the Walking Dead world beyond alive. And especially as it pertains to this, to that stinger scene because, or the post credit scene, because this will have more, uh, and we could break, we could delay that live stream conversation for when we hear any news about the, the Rick Grimes movie or movies, you know, as, the, as we get more news about them. When are we getting the Pennsylvania show? That's why. I think there may be a connection to that show coming out and possibly one of those walkers. Oh, you mean dead in the water, right? Yeah. That's, you know, I haven't heard anything and it's, you know, I actually looked this up. Ever since they announced uh, the Dead in the Water uh, series, and this, just so people know, the USS Pennsylvania, they were supposed to show what happened on the sub that they find in, in Fear the Walking Dead Season 6, that Morgan is staying in, in Season 7 with all with a bunch of other people. What happened to the crew of that sub? And why did it show up on the beach the way it did, in the middle of nowhere? And ever since that news dropped, there's been nothing after that. Nothing. No news, no drip, nothing. It's, it's funny. All the articles that come up are from that time when it was announced and nothing happened after that. Is it going to be a Tales of the Walking Dead episode? We don't know. But interestingly enough, that uh, what is exciting about T- uh, Tales of the Walking Dead and just to kind of drop it and, and go... Uh, is they announced a bunch of awesome actors to to play various characters in the series. Terry Crews amongst them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he better be funny. <laughs> I, I hope he's not, in a way. I kind of want to see that. Listen, I love Terry Crews to death, but I kind of want to see that serious side of him. He's a very emotional guy. Very in tune with his uh, his feelings. I really appreciate you guys coming on and giving me your opinions. I know it was hard for many of you. <laughs> but I appreciate you for doing so because I think we need to show the gamut and the, uh, the different perspectives of folks who have opinions of the Madison character, how they came into contact with that character as it relates to her role in the universe, what you feel about her possible return in relation to the other characters in the narrative at large. And I think we all represent a, a small piece and small nuance of, of how, or in a good representation of how we want the story to move forward or how we think it might move forward considering we're all kind of hardcore analysis people. And uh, I think that was pretty valuable. So with that in mind, I've been your host, David Cameo. I was joined by Sharon, aka Blazy Gardner, and Survivor's Tier member, Bridget. That's how I'm going to refer to you. And uh, of course, our special guest, Brian Castrillo. Castrillo. Uh, you can check out his channel, by the way. I, I forget. Uh, it's a YouTube.com slash Patriot something. I, f- I forget what it's called. BC Patriot 0219. B- or just look up my name. That's right. Look up Brian Castillo on, on YouTube. He has some great recap videos. He's a sweet dude. And is your giveaway still going, uh, going it is, on? Because um, it's going up to the 20th where you could win the very first season of McFarlane Toys um, that include Ugh. two iconic walkers, Rick Grimes and Daryl Dixon, which, by the way, is signed by Norman Reedus. You got to the 20th to, to go watch Guys, that. what are you doing? <laughs> Get in on this. Like, it, it, that's Am a I serious one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know I'm at. Hold up for everything. You're okay. on it. You're in everything. So you're okay. you're great. Cool. So check out that video with the, with the thumbnail with Brian at, with Norm Reedus at uh, what's it Walker Stalker? Um, no, that was actually here in Columbus, Ohio. That was back in 2011. You can see Norman because he has his short hair back then, back from the season one. Yeah, yeah. So check out that video. It has, it has all the details for that contest or for that uh, giveaway. I think. Yeah, one is it one lucky winner? Just one. One. one Holy gets all. shit. 
Holy shit. So generous. Thank you, Brian, for coming on. Give us your perspective and your thoughts. If you like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Five stars and eggplant is all you need to know that you love us. But please rate us after every episode. It lets us know that you're listening. It gives you an opportunity to tell us what we got right, what we got wrong. And, uh, you know, it just means you're a nice person. And if, if you really want to follow us on this journey, head over to ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead and just follow us. You don't have to buy us coffee. You don't have to join a membership tier. Just follow us so you know the inside track of when we're recording, when we drop an unedited episode recording, and just uh, lets us know that you give a shit. <laughs> so, and if you want to tip us to get 30 days of access to our supporter back content, you'll have that at your fingertips. If you join a membership tier for just a dollar a month, you get all this and more. So with that, everybody, thank you for joining us on this live stream, everybody. You are, you've been amazing. You gave us some really, really cool stuff to chew on. Your comments are going to be up here on this video forever. And um, we will see you in the next one. Thank you for joining us. Take care, everybody. Have a good night. And we love you, I think. Yes, happy <laughs> Valentine's Day. Happy <laughs> Valentine's Day. Take care, everybody. Mwah. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. A conversation about Madison Clark's return. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our Survivor tier members. A new one, Bridget, who was in this episode. Uh, Fan Art Lindy, uh, who's at ko-fi.com slash fanartlindy. Uh, Jasmine at jasmine.iac. And Eliza Jones, that's Eliza uh, Jones 71 on Instagram. Uh, Bridget is a new Survivors tier member. They are able to join us on stream as we break down episodes, but it's not limited to these uh, live streams. Oh, Jasmine is on the live stream as well, obviously. So uh, that was that's great. Uh, Bridget is actually at X Prophecy Girl on Twitter. <laughs> She's a new one, so I have to pull it up again. Uh, but hey, let's not forget about our Whispers tier members, of which we also have quite a few new people. Um, obviously, uh, we've had them before as Nightmare on Elm with a three, three LM. But now he's at J Voorhees, uh, J13 Voorhees on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we have Smiley, a new Whispers tier member as of our Jack's, Jackbox Games Cherry livestream, who went, who came away with so many of those prizes because she was very very generous uh and she's on facebook at sandy uh sandy.d.morrison on facebook uh of course alania that is frosted angel uh 67 let me see let me see if i got that right <laughs> uh yes frosted angel 67 on twitter we've got uh stephanie who's rita's fan two on instagram and twitter uh tyler philip philip at tyler philip cox on instagram and twitter at aiden underscore atkin underscore on instagram and of course at judith.morton on instagram uh thank you so much for listening to this live stream uh well what was a live stream on all, all our platforms i highly encourage you to follow us on all of our social medias uh twitter is at squawking underscore dead and everything else is really at Squawking Dead, uh, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, uh, even YouTube or Twitch. We really, really appreciate your your support, you following us, you uh, 
obviously following us on ko-fi.com slash squawking dead to get the inside track on when we actually record, when you can join us, how to be a part of this family. Join our Discord as soon as you sign up for a membership for as little as a dollar a month. Yes, you can join our Discord at the lowest tier membership and be a part of this family. Hey, listen, I've been your host, David Cameo. Thank you for tuning in. And I can't wait to talk to you on the next one. Take care, everybody. <laughs>